Ken Forrester, Executive Director at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Thread Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry operators. We hope you find these podcasts informative, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to Momenta Digital Thread Podcast Series. Today, I'm pleased to host Nicholas Burr, former Managing Director of Digital Switzerland, a Swiss-wide multi-stakeholder initiative with the mission to make Switzerland a leading digital innovation hub. Nicholas began his career in management consulting after graduating from the renowned EPFL in Lausanne University in Switzerland. He found his passion in consulting startups, which led him to co-found Movu in 2014, which he later sold to the Swiss Insurance Group in 2017. He then took the helm of Digital Switzerland, expanding the organization from a regional initiative to a nationwide one with over 240 sponsoring organizations. He just recently turned over the leadership reins after six years in role to focus on his next startup, which is digital manufacturing. Nicholas is an active investor in technology startups and has been recognized among the who's who of the Swiss economy and Swiss business angel of the year. Nicholas, welcome to our Digital Thread podcast. Hi, Ken. Thank you for inviting me. Very nice to be here. Uh, Very nice to have you as well. Of course, our listeners will know Momenta is headquartered in Switzerland and proudly called Engelberg, Switzerland, a home for us. And so it is a pleasure and actually an honor to have you on this podcast because I have, as now a citizen of Switzerland over the last 10 years, have really appreciated how far and how fast Switzerland has come in terms of its own digital transformation. And thus, I've long looked forward to interviewing you as a pioneer and leader in that space. So, of course, we call this the Digital Thread Podcast, and the idea, of course, is to start with one's own digital thread. So what would you consider to be your digital thread? In other words, the one or more thematic threads that define your own digital industry journey? It's a good question. You know, I'm a classical immigrate, of course, more than 40 years old. So like 20 years ago, when I university, there was no mobiles. We just started with emails, kind of. Then I find out... 15 years ago, what working in consulting and corporates, we were not even speaking about digital, by the way. We were only speaking about IT projects and et cetera. And then, yes, 10 years ago, about finally really the, the startup world, which was really disrupting IT with digital, so more data usage in general. And in the last five years, I was fascinated by ecosystems. I believe it's not about corporates against startups. It's not about regions against against each other, or government against citizens. So it's somewhere all together. It's all about collaborating. It's all about ecosystems. So the last step of my journey is digital ecosystems. And I believe in the next five to 10 years, it will be a huge topic. I appreciate that combination, IT startups, the ecosystem, and then bringing all that together with digital. In the introduction, You had made a comment about finding your passion with startups. Tell me a little bit about how this came about. I'm not someone who knew when I was 12 what I would do. 
even when I was 18, 19, I had no clue. I was studying. And sometimes some people find out later on what they want to do. And in my case, I was maybe 30, not before. I was doing many things, consulting again, working on projects. And in my case, I found out I'm better at leading myself than consulting people. Now, for different reasons, I found it out I was quite late. And that was, I really developed passion at working for startups when I started at DineDeal, which was a main competitor of Groupon in Switzerland at the time. It was a crazy roller coaster, a massive let's say, aggressive competition spirit, really interesting. New for Switzerland, in any case, normal in the States. I was just fascinated by the people, by the founders. I was not one of, of the founders at Dindil. Just a roller coaster, hiring people fast, changing the structure even faster, and just the spirit. I knew I want to make it for the next 20 years at least. And then, yes, Movo was uh, actually, as always in life, an entrepreneur's found the next startup. So in the dine deal environment with the two other guys of the company, we find out there is something to change in the moving process in the world, at least in Switzerland. And we decided to found Movu, our startup at the time. Now, Movu was focused on relocation, a typical moving, if you will. I have to laugh a little bit, Nicholas. I think you're being Swiss hard on yourself in the sense that you talk about one, you didn't realize you were going to be a startup founder at an early age. And two, you said you took an inordinately long time. But, uh, you know, I see uh, certainly a university graduate, uh, the management consulting, which is always a big plus, right? So I don't know of many founders who told me that at age 10 or 12 that they knew they were going to be a startup founder. If, I guess if I had stuck with my vision, then I would be driving a railroad engine, right? I want to be an engineer. And ended up being an electrical engineer. So there you go. It's the way life leads you. I appreciate your first startup here, Movu, in Switzerland. And actually sounds like it was quite successful given that you exited it several years later. What did Movu teach you about startups and founding companies in Switzerland? Wow. Okay, great questions. Maybe two things. The first one is yeah, founding a company is you do mistakes every day. I mean, you know that. I need to be extremely agile, really like not changing the direction every day would not be good. But fast shoot aim and correct and fix and everything around it we've learned it with movo it's an incredible roller coaster emotionally you need to be very strong we were bankrupt three times and didn't know how to pay the salaries in two weeks an incredible roller coaster huh? so that's the first point and the second point maybe the second part of the question about switzerland is it was at a time, I would say Switzerland was not really attractive for startups yet because you need people with the right mindsets and not only coming for salaries and let's say uh, eight to five or eight to seven. You need flexibility in the mind of the people and less structure and people wanted to develop ideas and execute. And I believe today we are really much better here. We have a better pool of talents in business and in product IT. We were at the beginning somewhere 10 years ago, kind of at the beginning, and but it's part of the journey. You know, I always say, if you look at the biggest hubs in the world, I was Switzerland about 10 to 15 right, in the position. If you look at the funding per year, and we are 10 years behind Berlin, 15, 20 years behind Israel, London, and 30 years behind Silicon Valley, New York, maybe too. Huh? So it's a generation game. It's a wave, you know, you have to start and you develop ecosystems, you attract talents, 
these guys are the next founders. It's a process which takes time. And Switzerland today is much further than we were 10 years ago in any case, when we created Movo. I appreciate that Switzerland is where it's at, and I would attribute a lot of that to the work you did at Digital Switzerland. So most founders would start their first startup, exit it, do their two years of indentured servitude at the corporate, and then go and do something else, right? That's a typical pattern. You instead decided to, I'd say, build an ecosystem instead of just building a company based on the insights you had. So what I would consider to be your most challenging career or role you took on in 2016, managing director of Digital Switzerland, again, making Switzerland a leading global innovation hub. What attracted you to the role and what was your remit there? Okay. Of course, I, w- I didn't know when I was 13 or 19, I would work for an ecosystem. The, the world ecosystem maybe didn't even exist. So it's always fun in life, as you said before, let's be flexible and, and open for whatever comes in the future. I was a bit lucky that in the last years. Um, I don't know when I really applied last time for a job, to be honest. Please, I'm not arrogant. It's just the case at Dine Deal. It was a friend of mine. Joyce and Movu, there were also someone calling me. And I will never forget Digital Switzerland. I was just changing the job and, and Movu was still going on. And someone called me, the president of Digital Switzerland, which I knew very well. And for different reasons, we were investing together, etc. And he said to me, hey, I have the job for you, the next one. Do a break in your startup career, you're young enough, and work for the country, which I told him, hey. Uh, Christian, are you sure? And it is Digital Switzerland at the time was only Digital Zurich, by the way. It's just a fascinating. It's a mission. It's a mission. At the end of the day, you have passion where there is a mission and great people. That's it. And that was a great mission, I remember. And as my current president or the last president already told me at the end, it's like being in the army somewhere. You do something for your country. That's how I came to this role of uh, Digital Switzerland. I remember I arrived there. We were two and a half people when I started. It was really at the beginning. And uh, yeah, trying to develop this ecosystem with an amazing mission for the five years I spent in the company or in the association. So you went from Digital Zurich to Digital Switzerland, probably one sponsoring organization to 240 all during your tenure there. What were some of your key focus areas and what are some of the wins for which you are most proud during your time there? I really believe that the founder of Digital Zurich at the time and Mark Walder, who is very well-known CEO in Switzerland of one of the two biggest media house, he had flair for the fact, it was five years ago, yeah, for the fact that we are one place, Switzerland. So that's why after a few months, they found out Switzerland is anyway a village with smaller than an average Chinese city. And it's not about Zurich against Lausanne or Geneva or Basel or whatever. It's all together. We are all one. And it was a perfect timing in 16, really, to push digitalization in the country. Perfect timing. It was coming all over the place, definitely. Some of the hubs, again, Israel, of course, Silicon Berlin, were already doing an amazing job. And we had to push people in Switzerland. So not only the startup ecosystems, it's much more about that. It's about having an investor ecosystem, VC, early growth, PE. Of course, when you need on on all levels, it's about having corporates, very important. And I still believe we have to do a lot 
in the next five to 10 years. It's about having corporates investing in digitalization, you know, and working in ecosystems. It's about having corporates who make or buy. In the United States, I believe there is much more buying spirit than in Europe, or at least in Switzerland, still today. So on this one, the mission is definitely not done. The next level is about the government. And I'm really excited to see the development of the web-free spirit in the next decade. I love the web-free as decentralized framework. And believe me, this is what we have in Switzerland, an amazing political structure I'm proud about, a decentralized structure with state governments and and cantons and cities, village, and it's not easy every day. And when you want to push digitalization in the country, we've seen it at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. It was everything except easy. And building ecosystems, bringing people together to be aligned on the same mission, for example, for digitalization of e-gov, as we call it, uh, e-government functions, it's still today a massive challenge. Let's face it. Everyone wants to do better than the others. It's not easy. We don't have a top-down approach here. And I believe what we've done is really bringing all these guys together. It seems to be easy, but it was a massive challenge. Everyone is proud. Startups are better than corporates. Corporates have more money. Government is the government. All have proudness in the room. But when you bring them together and you explain, guys, we have a common mission. We want to make the country better. We want to attract talents. We want to, very important, explain to the population. Digitalization is not only about the bad and nasty robots, etc. So we did many things. And at the end, after five years, yesterday, for sure, awareness is much higher. We've implemented great projects because it's all about projects at the end of the day. The Swiss Digital Day, one of the biggest projects in the country. Also, many, many projects between the government and corporates. We've brought hundreds of startups and and corporates in the same room. We've built ecosystems, many, many projects. Maybe one more remark. There was an incident in the meantime, not an incident, but something uh, Black Sound didn't expect. It was, of course, the corona pandemic. And it was an incredible booster, as we all know, for digitalization. So I would say that the core of digitalization is everyone know it's now or never. Don't need to explain it. It was a booster for our mission, not only here, but worldwide. Now it's about the next level in the next five years, of course. Huh? But it was also something incredible in the last five years to leave this booster in, in reaching out our mission. Yeah, it's clear you made a real impact, not just on the organization, but the nation overall. I heard a commentator once talk about the proliferation of crypto, if you will. Ezug is called Crypto Valley, and that it naturally flourished in Switzerland because Switzerland is very decentralized in terms of its own decision making, as you inferred, and even in its financial systems. And as such, a decentralized technology like distributed ledger technology, you know, Bitcoin, et cetera, thrives culturally here more so than it would in a top-down driven country. And so I thought that was an interesting analogy that talks about how the culture and the technology need to match as well. What's interesting, Nicholas, is we interview on this podcast a lot of leading digital industry practitioners, especially in this digital industry space. Typically, they're talking about digitally transforming their department or their company or their clients' companies, or even sometimes talking about ecosystems as well. 
I'd say a lot of that pales in comparison to what you had to do, you and the team there at Digital Switzerland, in terms of really transforming an Alpine nation. And so I'm curious, what advice would you offer these other speakers in terms of how they should approach digital transformation based on your own learnings? It's, of course, a super tricky question. There are maybe only bad answers, I would say, there is because it's a really a tricky topic and we will see big differences in the next couple of years between successful companies and countries and ecosystem and not. But what I see so far is maybe a kind of trivial answer. It needs leaders. I'm sorry, it's really trivial, but again and again, I see it everywhere. Leaders having an incredible amount of energy and convincing spirit never stopping, never stopping preaching eh? somewhere. Digital transformation is for humans and not against. And it's on all levels, governments or companies, really on all levels. And I remember speaking to some people, even in companies or at the governments, and if they're not convinced about digitalization or digital transformation, then it's done. It's done. There is no ecosystem. They won't transform. That's it. So that's really the first point. It's, it's all about really having leaders around it. The second point, what I see is, and it's a kind of environmental factor, we, you cannot really influence is we've seen big differences between, again, industries, governments, maybe, when you have a sense of urgency or not. If you don't, if life is too good for you, the habit is good, no threat, why change things? Because digital transformation requires a lot of change. Educate people is a massive investment in time, energy, and money. And as soon as there is a sense of urgency, and here again, if I might come back on the tragical pandemia, we had from one day to the next, incredible sense of urgency. Couldn't meet. The media were already online, by the way, extremely working real time. They've been disrupted since 10 years. They were ready, but many countries were not ready to have real-time data as an example of COVID cases, of vaccine cases. That was very interesting. And you saw from one day to the next one, people telling you we don't need real-time connectivity between hospitals and our government space. And from one day to the next one, of course, they had to execute and to bring a platform in place to connect and get almost real-time data. So sense of urgency. And this is what, when I look always around different industries for businesses, etc. and I guess what investors are doing is people in general, where they have no real pressure, they won't change from today to tomorrow, but maybe from today to in three years. And the third one I really believe is, again, it's not really digital against people. You need to be convinced it's both together. The future is hybrid. The future is augmented. It's different than today, for sure. When you look at kids, how they behave, it's both together. It's harmony of digitalization and human beings. They will merge much more than today. It's the same in companies. Digital transformation means educating people, I would say engaging people, augmenting somewhere the, the skills of people. It's, of course, some positions will disappear. This is unfortunate. But you need more people. You need new people with other skills. I believe that's really fundamental importance to enhance this last point. It's people and digital together. It's all about having a hybrid world in companies, in government, 
That's digital transformation. So leadership, I'll call it a burning platform and engagement really from a human perspective. I think what's interesting, you referred to the pandemic as a black swan, as many did at the time. But in between the remote, if you will, working arrangements that needed to be done very quickly, the somewhat resulting supply chain difficulties that kind of came out of that, but certainly are continuing to be an issue. And now, of course, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, which is creating a lot of discomfort relative to energy across Europe. It seems like one black swan after another. In fact, we kind of named them the three R's in terms of remote asset management, reshoring, which is, of course, a hot button now, especially in the U.S. and across Europe, i.e. bringing manufacturing onshore again. And then, of course, the renewables, right, focused on really energy independence. And so we're seeing all of those drive, if you will, a continued burning platform across those. One other plug there, and that is what I appreciate about your word on engagement there is we've done a lot of work with the EU on Industry 5.0. And what I really appreciate about their focus is it's what I always call the three Ps, right? It's productivity that is truly the Industry 4.0 focus. It's people and it's planet, right? How do we balance and bring a coherent focus around all three and make decisions really with all three in mind. And so I think you're absolutely spot on when you talk about the human engagement work that goes with that as well. Now, earlier you talked about a key element of the ecosystem is private equity venture capital funding. As I guess a culmination to all of the great work that you did, Switzerland recently announced the National Venture Investment Program to invest in Swiss venture capital companies and thus the uh, Swiss founders themselves. How do you see this impacting innovation across Switzerland? It's, of course, very welcomed. It's a great initiative, no doubt about that. Maybe as an anecdote, I know this is where Switzerland is different than many other countries. And I remember at the time, some years ago, I was still a di- I was already a digital Switzerland. One of our federal councillors said, low tax, low services. This is a bit of the mindset of the government in Switzerland. It was meaning without you don't pay many taxes, so we cannot invest billions and billions in everything in the country. We prefer to leave the private sector leading some topics like innovation. It's an interesting remark, yeah? And why not? Why not? So always in this country, the private sector with the academical world, extremely important, of course, we're leading the path to innovation. Crypto Valley is an amazing example. Three dudes into uh, meeting around a glass of wine and saying, let's do a new association. And you see uh, 10 years later what it became. Innovation leading by just sometimes private people, not even big institutions or not only. And now the government is moving in the sector and investing money, which is, again, highly welcomed. I believe it's necessary, but we have to be aware right now also in my, my new function, I'm traveling much more. I see much more what's happening outside of Switzerland, and many other countries are doing great jobs too, in Europe, in Middle East, and they speak about other amounts to invest than, let's say, 1 billion. So we have to be aware it's good. It's a job in the ocean. We need much more. And we need, of course, not only money, we need maybe at least as important and that again, it's this ecosystem with everyone playing around investors and corporates, and we need a huge amount of talents. So having lots of money is good, but at the same time, we need flexible, and no, I'm not having a political message, but almost 
we need more flexible immigration policies. If you have the money but not the talents, it's only half the portion. So very welcome. It's a good step. Now it has to be executed as always. But at the end, in the next five years, we will need much more. We will need more talents, as I said before, and other policies in any case in the country to continue. We are running right top five, six in Europe, as I said before, 10, 15 in the world. Switzerland is the 19th biggest economy in the world in terms of GDP. And clearly our objective is top 10 to 15. No doubt about that. It's funny, if I go back to your comment earlier, when you were doing Movu, you probably could not have imagined even a Swiss fund funding a venture capital and thus the founders themselves. So you certainly were at the forefront of making a lot of much needed change within Switzerland. And I know you've just handed over the reins of leadership there to Digital Switzerland. And I guess to warm my heart, you're focusing your next startup on digital manufacturing, which of course is one of our key areas that we focus on. So what can you tell us about this next phase of your life and particularly the startup? As always, at least in my life so far, I could never really plan what was next somewhere because here again, it was a call. I'm not kidding. Someone calling me and saying, hey, can you meet this guy? I did. And now we are here. And at the time of Digital Switzerland, one of our key message was Switzerland cannot be digital everything as we called it at the time. We are just a tiny village in the world. We cannot be everything. And let's choose our main topics. Switzerland is now for banking, chocolate, you know, our pharmaceutical industry and some other manufacturing industry and some other of them. And in the last two or three years, we knew blockchain, of course. Hardware manufacturing, hardware software was one of the main topics. We are very good in the country and some others. Huh? So I was already kind of, uh, let's say, sensibilized to the fact manufacturing, hardware, software, yes, there is something to do. And yeah, I got a call. And I mean, this industry is fascinating. Manufacturing is still consuming 54% of the worldwide energy consumption. You mentioned it before. Electricity, right now, who will have said that last year after COVID and next to environment, we have electricity challenge in Europe. Amazing. So that's a big topic. And you mentioned it before very well. It's about, of course, humans with digital, but at the end of the day, it's all for our planet, all for the environment. Here again in the summertime, terrible weather in some countries and big fires, and we are all sensibilized. It's about sustainability and the environment. And yes, we do it since five to 10 years, but it's still not there yet. And yeah, I really arrived in this topic and there is an amazing project with a using the power of data, you know, and, and all the, the future technologies. It's not only about real-time data. It's about, of course, everything around machine learnings and augmented intelligence, again, bringing digital and humans together in a factory. And hopefully, we'll be able to help the manufacturing sector to, as you said before, very well achieve the Industry 5.0 missions, which is productivity with or for people in the planet. I like the way you've worded that for people and for the planet. That's a great way to put it. Just curious, what trends are you watching these days since you seem to be an innovation buff? Digital trends. Huh? So I believe really, the, of course, the web free is one of them. So decentralizing the somewhere the internet infrastructure is a fascinating topic. As always, this technology and new ones will take a decade 
to implement, but this is one of them. I believe another trend, which is always coming and going, and now it's definitely coming, is everything around data protection. Digitalization is making everything transparent and visible, which is on one side appreciable, but also a bit freaky maybe. And I believe, <coughs> sorry, this one will be a massive trend in the next decades, again, with the pros and contrasts for institutions and private people. This is something also in the manufacturing space, of course. Uh, um, data protection, data transparency, it's one of them. The third trend, and I really hope we don't believe it's like done. It's only the beginning. It's digital for sustainability. Yeah? As we said before, it's only the beginning, and we need massive investments, entrepreneurs, investors going into space, because what we have to reach to achieve as objectives until 2030 or 2050 is ambitious and anyway not enough. We all know that. And we need new technologies, software and hardware. So I really believe there are at least now three trends. I really look at them, analyze them, and they will influence digital in general and for sure digital manufacturing in the next decade. So Web3 slash infrastructure, data protection slash transparency, and digital for sustainability. On the second point, of course, uh, Gaia-X is something that we've been following quite closely, the European standard for data sovereignty effectively. And I know Switzerland has been quite a proponent of that as well. So in closing, I'm just curious, where do you find your personal inspiration? It's about discipline and consistency, I believe. It's not only about where, it's really about learning every day. Albert Einstein said, uh, the day you stop learning, you start dying. Amazing tagline somewhere, and I really, truly believe in it. And of course, I listen to many podcasts. I read online news. There are so many sources. I read books as much as possible. I speak to experts very important source, get inspired by listening to people, and of course, learning by doing mistakes, learning by speaking to customers, all great sources. It's just at the end of the day, inspiration, it's, it's like learning somewhere, and it's really something to do every day, not only Monday, Friday, eight to five, it's Monday to Sunday, every day, never stopping. And in the next years, decades, it will continue. The world is moving fast. Digitalization accelerates everything, as we know. We should learn every day. Egal, doesn't matter which source somewhere. It's really about consistency and discipline. I'd say constant learning would probably be a good subtitle for your career path and everything that you've done. So, And I expect that your next step, which again is in, near to our heart, will be an even greater step up for you. So Nicholas, thank you for sharing this time and these insights with us today. Ken, thank you for inviting me again. It was a very inspiring discussion. I've learned things with you, what you said, by the way. So thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. As well. No, that is the power of an ecosystem, as you well said. So this has been Nicholas Burr, former managing director of Digital Switzerland and Switzerland's probably newest entrepreneur, soon to be announced. So Thank you for listening, and please join us for the next episode of our Digital Thread podcast series. Thank you, and have a great day. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. 
Please check our website at Momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening. Thank you.